Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that is so bad even served with a big heaping side of bacon wouldn't make it any better. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast. I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you on a pre-recorded show. Yeah, early Wednesday morning. Eh, not too early Wednesday morning, but it is Wednesday morning, and by the time you guys hear this show next on uh, Tuesday night, I will have finished up a long week in New Orleans at the IPCPR and probably be uh, out somewhere drinking a hurricane and hopefully celebrating a, a highly successful show. But in tonight's show, got a bunch of information for you uh, in pipe parts. I'm going to talk about different kinds of reamers, different kinds of reamers for keeping your pipe clean. My guest is obviously pre-recorded. He's from England. His name is David Hallowell, and He's got a perspective on pipe smoking, a unique point of view that we have not touched on, so you'll have to hear this. It, it's fun. Uh, music, because I am in New Orleans, we're staying with jazz for this week. Mailbag will get caught up on uh, what's been posted in the last couple of weeks. Might answer a few questions for you. And I've got a rant at the end of the show. All that coming up on a 100% pre-recorded episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, and it, it's kind of funny because uh, last night and uh, last night and, to, and today were kind of the quiet before the storm of the trade show. I mean, yeah, everything was pretty much done and being delivered or shipped. And it's really pretty much just pack and get the last minute details and hop on a plane tonight. It's kind of an uneasy feeling. Yeah. I mean, kind of an uneasy feeling when you're getting ready for the show and you know that the next couple of days are going to be busy, 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 but there's nothing you can do now. Uh, what you can do, though, is uh, sit back with your pipe and relax and think about what's going to come up, which, everybody grab your pipe, let's get the show going, sit back, relax, fire up a bowl, thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company, and here we go. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. Since 1990, Cornell & Deal has been producing high-quality pipe tobacco, expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. One example of such innovation is our bestseller, Autumn Evening. We start with whole leaf red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe to create our special Red Virginia Cavendish. Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot with our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, deep flavor, and delightful aroma that makes Autumn Evening so well loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend. Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information. Hi, my name is Eileen Sachi for MarketingPipes.com. If you attend the major pipe shows or buy pipes on eBay, chances are you know my dad, Hank Sachi, or eBuyer1932. 
My dad has been a pipe collector for over three decades and a reseller on eBay for the last 12 years. His new website is marketingpipes.com. At marketingpipes.com, you will find high-quality, hand-picked pipes. Carvers, join my dad's vast network of collectors across the globe and let my dad promote your brand. Collectors, consign your pipes at affordable commissions or buy your next collectible pipe at marketingpipes.com. Thank you. We are back. Well, not really. I'm still gone. But uh, the show is back on, and I'm going to say it right now. Warning, warning, warning. What we are about to talk about is highly dangerous to your pipe unless you know exactly what you're doing. No, I am the leading expert on my opinion, but this is factual. That if you don't know what you're doing with a reamer, you're going to do more damage than good, cause yourself more problems than solve problems, and you might end up having to buy a new pipe or, even worse, send the pipe off and get it repaired and fixed and at a great expense. So, with all that laid out, I want you to understand that reaming a pipe is a necessary evil. You have to keep that cake down. You do not want that cake building up to the point where you can't get your finger in there, you can't tamp the bowl, you can't get enough tobacco in there. So you want to keep the cake down to at least a minimum of the thickness of a dime. So a couple of millimeters. Don't let it build up too big. If you let it build up too big, you can overheat the cake and crack the bowl. So... All right, so what do you do? First thing, before you ever touch a reamer, buy some beat-up old junker pipes on eBay or at a yard sale or wherever. Buy pipes that you don't care about. Then practice on those first. Practice on those first. And then get, you know, obviously get yourself a reamer. All right, so there's a couple of different kinds of reamers. And the simplest one is what's called a buttoner reamer or just a basic uh it looks like a little uh, looks like a little spade or a little a triangle it's got two blades on the side that kind of pivot in and out to the width of the bowl most of those will not go wider than like a three-quarter inch bowl uh, they do a better job of working on the bottom of the bowl which you have to be exceedingly careful with the bottom that you don't go too deep, don't go past the draft hole, and so on and so on. But those are the cheapest or most economical types of reamers. They're the little buttoners, pivoting blades that are fixed, can't change the size of it. You can pick them up for uh, 5 to $10. There's some really high-quality ones that cost more than that. Uh, then there's the Senior Reamer, and the Senior Reamer has a widening, a, a widening device that takes three blades and pushes them out, and that helps so that you don't over-ream. So you start off at the narrowest where you get a little bit of friction, then you put it in, wiggle it back and forth until you get no friction. And again, you got to keep your hands super steady while you're doing this or you'll over-ream one side, under-ream the other. And then as, the, as you get wider and wider, you just torque down and it pushes the blades out further. Uh, the Senior Reamer does not really do much damage to the very bottom of the bowl because of the tapered ends of the blades. Uh, the the Pipnet or the pipe or the, the multi-piece reamer has a T-bar handle and anywhere between four to six different kinds of reamer bits that just get wider as you 
you know, you, they get bigger. So you put them on the, you put the smallest one on, you stick it in there, you ream it back, you go back and forth, and then you go to a wider one, and you go all the way up. Now, there's all kinds of different sets and qualities in reaming. The other tools that can be used for reaming is a Dremel or a rotary tool with a very light sanding, uh, with, a, with a very light sanding disc on it or a sanding drum on the end of it. You can use that just to run around in there and beat down the cake. Be really careful. Again, don't try any of these tools on one of your favorite pipes until you have practiced on a pipe that you don't care about because it's really simple to go the wrong way with them. A little piece of sandpaper right on your finger. If you've just got a little area that you just want to work down, sit down in front of the TV, sit down and listen to back episodes of the radio show, pop that little piece of sandpaper on your finger and just work it back and forth. I guarantee you, you are going to do dramatically less damage with your finger and sandpaper than you are with any of these reaming tools than possible. So just keep working that. You Get your finger in there, work it back and forth, work it back and forth, smooth down the areas that you're not real happy with. Uh, If you are getting into restoration of a pipe, then you're going to have to go all the way down to as thin as possible. I prefer that when I'm buying an estate pipe that they have not reamed it all the way down to fresh wood again. But you ream it down all the way until you until you just got the minimal amount of wood. Do a little sanitizing trick, you know, the salt or a lot of alcohol, whatever it is. But again, don't ream down so that you have to get so that you're back at fresh wood. Don't ever do that. And that's my opinion, and that's the way I like it. When you're done, hey, grab the Everclear, grab the grain alcohol, whatever it is, grab a pipe cleaner, dip the tip in there, wipe it around in there. You're going to have a lot of dust in that pipe, and you want to run it and run a couple through there and clean it out real well before you smoke the pipe. Make sure and get all that carbon dust out before you go ahead and light up the pipe again. Give the pipe a little bit, you know, give the pipe overnight to sit and relax from uh, being stressed of being decaked. Uh, while you're doing that, have a cupcake with some ice cream on it and just wait. Yeah. All right. There is my guide to reaming. Again, let me state that if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to do more harm than good. A, a good pipe repair guy can ream your pipes for you for, you know, ream and clean for 15, 20 bucks plus shipping. And that's what I do. And I know what I'm doing with them. All right. In uh, just a minute, we'll have the uh, discussion with David Hallowell. This is Internet Radio. It's Saturday morning at the crack of dawn. The cool chill of night still clings to the air as the sun slowly rises over the misty surface of the lake. You've waited all week for just this moment. You know that today is going to be epic. Everything is here to ensure perfection, from the nice full cooler packed with your favorite suds to the other empty one, waiting to be filled with piles of freshly caught fish. Reaching into your pocket, you pull out your trusty briar and fill it with your favorite tobacco, aptly named Great Outdoors. It is the perfect smoke for moments like these. A strike, a flash, and your tobacco is lit. As the delicious mixture ignites and swirls over your tongue and the deep, rich burleys with a hint of sweet Virginia dance in your mouth, you smile, casting your first line into the water the slowly widening ripples begin to stir as you feel the first bite of the day tug at your line. 
Now you know it truly is going to be a good day and a perfect time to enjoy the simple yet unmatchable pleasures of the great outdoors. Great Outdoors is another fine quality pipe tobacco manufactured by Sutliff, America's oldest tobacco company, and is available at fine tobacconists everywhere. Enjoy your perfect day by purchasing a tin today. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. Please welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show a former BBC correspondent. We'll, we'll get into a whole bunch of details, but from the United Kingdom, please welcome David Hallowell. David, welcome to the show. Brian, thank you very much indeed. All right, so tell everybody, where did you grow up and where are you right now? I grew up in a small mining town. It was a mining town region called Wigan. Um, if anybody who is from the UK listening to this, I usually say I'm from near Manchester because most people have heard of Manchester. Very few people have heard of Wigan. Um, until a few years ago when we actually got our football team into the Premier League, um, then people had started to hear of Wigan. Um, but it's uh, it, it's still on the map, so it's um, where I'm living at the moment. Um, it's a small town, um, equidistant between Manchester and Liverpool. And that's where I am at the moment, in the pouring down rain, in typical British summertime fashion. <laughs> and particularly so, as we've got Wimbledon fortnight as well, so of course it's raining today. Uh, so, who is your football team? Uh, Wigan Athletic. Um, right. They were broke some kind of record, in a good way and a bad way, for winning the FA Cup, which is obviously a prestigious cup here, in the same season as being demoted from the Premier League. So it's a, a good quiz question. So they're not quite the, the, the great team they once were, but hopefully one day they will be again. All right, so let's let's talk about you specifically. You lost your you lost sight when you were about ten years old. I did. I lost the sight in one eye when I was two years old, and then lost the remainder of my vision um, over a period when I was when I was about ten. So I've. Um, I have memory of sight, which I personally see as an advantage in life. Um, there's two schools of thought on this. Um, when you talk to other people who have no vision, um, some people obviously who've not had sight from birth don't experience that loss because they've had, they haven't had anything to lose. But I, I do think that if I was going to lose my vision at any point, losing it as a child, when I hadn't got a family, I wasn't driving, no career, etc., etc., is the best time, if there is a best time to lose that, because I, I do retain that memory of, you know, if somebody says to me, the sky is blue, well, I know what that means. Um, to somebody with no sight, obviously, their, their, their perception and, and, and conception of that is different. So, for me, I think it's um, it, it's obviously memory that I, that I value very much, and um, 
you know, can put it on if somebody says, you know, this car this is a white car or this is a, a black shirt or whatever it might be, then I can I can hold an image of that. That's a you know, it, it's it's a wonderful outlook on on a on a situation that you really have no choice, but you chose to you choose to deal with it in the in the best way possible. I think so. Um, you know, I say everybody, uh, I respect everybody's view on that, but that's you know, from from my perspective, that's that's what I take from it. So, when did uh, when did you start smoking a pipe? I started smoking a pipe at university. Um, I'd been a a cigarette smoker, um, and I'd done what many students do and moved on to hand rolling my own cigarettes, which actually, interesting enough, was something I'd tried for years and years and years and not really got the hang of, and it actually was um, a, another blind chap who I bumped into who'd lost his sight later on in life. He'd been a, a hand-rolling smoker um, all his life. <laughs> actually picked up how to do it from him. Um, and then at university, I was... Um, at university down in Cornwall, which is in the, the far southwest of the UK, really, really nice, um, primarily holiday destination. Um, I was at university down there um, with a girl whose father was a pipe smoker. Um, and as I understand it, he was um, at one time British pipe smoking champion, I believe. Ooh. And I'd always liked the idea of a pipe largely because of the, the range of tobacco, basically. Um, I still like my pipes. Um, I've got a, a, a good collection going, but I, I, it, for me, the, the love of, the, of the, the hobby is in just the range and, and variety of you know, tobaccos you, you go, and it, it's, it's like getting a present when you get a new one, you open it, and it's like, you, you, know, you get into it or you don't. Um, and so I was got chatting to um, this chap and he's like well we should try pipe and you know, I'll talk you to what to do and we'll, we'll get into it and I did and, and that's I can remember sitting at my dining table um, where I lived down in Cornwall with my pipe, falcon pipe and um, some tobacco and we, uh, we, we we just got on very well from there really So you, you started off with a falcon do you remember what your uh, what your first experience was with the taste difference coming from cigarettes into pipe tobacco? I just think it's a whole... It, it, it just opens up a whole new world. I mean, it's the... What I would say a cigarette smoke is very much a one-dimensional thing. The pipe smoke becomes a three-dimensional thing. There's, there's so much more to it. It's it's a, a just a fuller experience. It's just a, a fuller a fuller taste, um, and it, it, it's it, it comes with other benefits, I suppose, and other other areas of, 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 of tactility. You know, you have the whole sound that you get. You get the the, the, the warming up of the bowl. You know, you, you if you dare, you stick your finger in and have a little prod around, and you know, it, it's it's a whole different experience really it gives you a lot more interaction I think 
I've never I've never thought of it, but I would imagine without without sight, your other senses are are heightened, so you pick up on stuff that most of us wouldn't even notice. Hmm. Uh, I think. Go ahead. I think um, a, a lot of people think that. I, I think I, I take a slightly different view on that. I think I'm not so sure that the other senses are heightened in the sense that they're more acute. I think what you do is learn to use them more. Um, I, I, I read somewhere once that for somebody who's got full sight, they, their brain receives 93% of information through, through that vision. So only 7% is coming through things like touch and smell and hearing and all the rest of it. So in my case, obviously, you, know, you start off Minus ninety-three percent, then I suppose, and it's 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 not necessarily that those other senses are more acute. They're just trained to 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 to, to feed information um, that you require about your surroundings. So, you know, when I'm walking down the street, for example, the the smell is very very important. So things like a bakery smell, a uh, coffee shop smell, or you know. A, there's um, a chain of shops here in the UK called W.H. Smith, who sell books and their stationery. And for whatever reason, they all smell entirely the same. Now, that's something that uh, somebody with full sight might not relate to, but somebody with no sight would, would, would certainly pick up on. But that's not to say my sense of smell is better than yours. It just, it just says that I, I, I kind of use it in a different way, I guess. Uh, did you try all kinds of different tobaccos at, at the beginning? Yeah, I did the usual thing, um, buying the cherry blend, um, various flavors, um, and yeah, I, I, I made some mistakes, still do, um, because <laughs> one thing that I know for sure is that this is a, a learning process and I don't necessarily know everything or will know everything so I just try and um, I do like to try all the time so I've got some some favorites that I stick to and you know, just bring in other things just to just to try really to see what it's all about because there's so much out there it's it's it's, it's um it is amazing is there a particular style of pipe that appealed to you you started off with a falcon and have you have you tried other styles other materials that that you appreciate more do you know i have and um i really like and it, 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 uh, it it's something that i was 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 never um sure about until i actually tried it and it's terrible to say but i i saw um, I'll explain what I mean in a second, but I saw pipes um, and always thought, you know, the more you spend, the better you get, the more you spend, the better you get, and so on and so forth. Um, and I did that, and I, I had some, some expensive pipes, which I, I do enjoy. But only quite recently, I've got into uh, Missouri Mission corn cob pipes. And I just think they give a great smoke. Um, as a as a, a pipe, um, I also 
remember when I first smoked my very first mission pipe, the, the, the great difference that, that was um, compared to the bars I'd had before. But um, yeah, I, I'm a corn cob fan. I have to say. Is there a particular shape in them that you like, or uh, is there a size that works better for you? Um, yeah, I tend to sort of gravitate to bigger bowls. Um, I try and reserve my pipe smoking for when I can sit down and relax and, and pay attention to it. So I, I, I like to load up a big bowl and just um, sit back with it. Um, I do like um, some of the really nice um, freehand shapes that we're seeing over here from various uh, sort of smaller independent guys. Um, you, know, you can get some great, you can get some really, really, really unique shapes. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk about your career because that is just fascinating to me, and we'll talk more about pipes and tobacco. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. If you're looking for quality, if you're looking for a variety, and if you're looking for someone with a reputation for nothing but the best, you're looking for CupOfJoes.com. CupOfJoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. CupOfJoes.com is also your one-stop shop for Peterson Pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly Pipes. Check out their remodeled website at CupOfJoes.com and be sure to like them on Facebook, CupOfJoes.com. Quality products at extraordinary prices. What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking archibaldino red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with David Hallowell who is not related to the Spice Girl. Don't ask him about it. He gets sensitive about that stuff. Uh, <laughs> when you when you went to university, what, what did you what did you go to school for? So I went to um, study broadcasting because I'd been very clear from an early age that I wanted to get into radio, which is what I ended up doing. Um, two reasons. I always thought that you shouldn't be able to require sight to do radio, because you listen to radio at the end of the day. And also, I was uh, a real techie sort, so I enjoyed the whole buttons pressing, and as it was in the early days when I started in radio, and getting a razor blade and cutting up tapes and making things sound good so that was what i did at university and then subsequently went on to do i worked for the bbc down in cornwall which was um 
a, a good time, very, very good time indeed. And then moved up to London, still working for the BBC, and then eventually worked my way up to the north of England. I kind of worked my way up the country, back to my uh, roots, if you like, and now work in um, sort of consultancy. I do um, project management, basically, and I've left my broadcasting career largely behind me, although I do keep my hand in, as it were, in, um, in various areas. Uh, was there an area of specialty that you had for the BBC? I was a general broadcaster, so I'd report on anything from um, police investigations. I did uh, latterly um, a fair amount of work with um, military here in the UK. And as a freelance reporter, I did quite a lot of work around cars and the automotive industry, which always amuses many people um, because I can't drive them. Well, I can't drive them legally, shall we say. (laughs) Wait, nobody's listening. Have you ever actually driven a car? I have, yeah. One of my best friends um, who I was at university with, we... We drove his car a number of times and uh, various other vehicles. So yeah, it's something that I uh, I have done in, in in the past, definitely. So reporting on the on the uh, and doing work on the on the motor car industry in the UK, you must have talked to and been around some wonderful cars. Absolutely. I mean, I think. Um, not so much today because um, you know, many of the brands that people associate with the UK aren't, aren't based in the UK any longer. But yeah, I mean, there are some, some tremendous um, vehicles. And I think it's, it's such a... I think it's the only item, really, in, in, in our lives that, on the one hand, is ultimately the most mundane thing that we have, like a washing machine or a fridge-freezer that we actually care so much about. I mean, you know, I I can't imagine people writing as much or worrying as much or considering as much when they're buying a new cooker, for example. And that's what fascinates me with the car. It it gives us, it's something that we we so much take for granted and it gives us that ultimate freedom to go and do whatever we please. And and it's something that is, it, it defines individuals, whether they like it or not. And many people just go, it's, it's a thing that takes me from A to B. Well, maybe it does, but, you know, you buy that car for a reason, in that colour for a reason. And, you know, it's, it, I just find the whole thing fascinating. And now your current career, you're doing what? At the moment, I'm doing um, project management for um, large-scale commercial projects over here. So that takes me uh, travelling um, the length and depth of the country and also overseas with my guide dog companion. So, um, yeah, we're, uh, he's, he's, my, my dog certainly got his um, frequent fly miles. Uh, now, does does your dog let you know if, uh, if a tobacco that you're smoking is um, not to his pleasure? I think 
the dog um, nudges me every now and again when I haven't smoked enough and he wants to smell the gorgeous smells. Um, <laughs> and I do remember, um, obviously, this is a radio program for, for people over the age of 18. When we were yeah. at university, um, uh, there was um, tobacco smoked and also other um, organic matter was being smoked um, with my first dog, who looked at this very nicely and um, <laughs> would, would, would walk around at a very relaxed pace for a, a couple of days after it very, very slowly and uh, chilled out and ignored me. So, 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 your, so your guide dog might have been a little happy and then was hungry, too. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you travel with your pipes? Uh, it's one of those things that I travel with a couple. Um, yeah, I do. Um, it, it's, I, I suppose everybody has um, their, their own ways and, and their own um, sort of, I use the word habits, um, related to pipe smoking and what the things they need to do. And I always reserve, I've got two pipes that I travel with. Um, and when I come back from traveling, they're cleaned and left. And then next time I travel, they'll come with me. So, um, yeah, they're, they're my sort of traveling companions, if you like. And considering travel in Europe, it's getting harder and harder to find a place to smoke. I would imagine that the opportunities aren't that often that you do get a chance to sit down and smoke a full bowl somewhere. Yeah, not really. I mean, you, you know, we tend to do it outdoors. And, um, you know, um, for example, outside a, a railway station, um, you know, it, it's one of the one of the one of the benefits of, of having no sight. Um, you're unable to see the no smoking signs, so you know you can just do it, and maybe somebody will come along and tell you, and you just go. I said I didn't know, so um, I wasn't sure about that. I feel like I'm outside, so uh, I'll just uh, I'll just finish this, and then I won't do it again, officer. <laughs> so, so there is an advantage to every to to every option. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, do you have a do you have a particular cut of tobacco that that works better for you? Considering you don't have sight, I would imagine that a, a, is a flake tobacco a little more difficult. I actually prefer flake. Funny enough, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I've got some really good ones, and I just, I like to, to rub the flake out myself. Um, I just feel that you, where the flake tobaccos just tend to keep a bit more strength, a bit more flavour, um, I tend to find some of the, the more regular tobaccos, which, you know, initially when I started on a pipe, I was, uh, I would use because, you know, I, I, I thought they would be easier, to be fair. I just find that they perhaps burn a little hotter um, than I like, and um, they go a little quicker. So, yeah, I, I do prefer flake, to be honest. Uh, has I, has the Internet been a, a big assistance to you, considering you pro you don't live in a very large town? I would, I would think that the Internet and being able to order tobaccos online makes it a whole lot easier for you. Yeah, it's been a real, it's been really, really good. But I think that um, I always 
line to that interaction with going into a tobacconist and like, checking out what's in the jar and, and you know what there is and looking at pipes, you know, feeling the pipes and so on and so forth. And I, I think one of the best places, and sadly I, I believe it's not there anymore. When I lived in Cornwall, um, it was in a town called Falmouth, uh, right on the coast, and um, we had um, there was a, a pub called the Seven Stars, which is a very very old inn. And it had attached to it, so you could you, you you could walk through from the pub. They had a tiny, tiny tobacconist filled with literally everything you could ever want. Um, about oh, I don't know, twelve feet square or something. A small, you know, you could get one person in and then the person behind the counter. And it was a great place you could get obviously get beer in the pub, get tobacco in the tobacconist. And the whole thing was run by. Uh, a reverend, so he was a, a man of the cloth who uh, preached to you on Sundays and then sold you tobacco and beer late in the day. And um, it was a great place, and that was my first sort of tobacconist experience. Um, I'm very lucky where I live because um, not very many miles down the road, um, it's about a 10 minute train journey, is a, a town called Preston in Lancashire, and there's um a retailer there called My Smoking Shop and they've got a, a really good online resource but they actually, I'm really lucky that they have um, they actually have a shop front as well so you can go in and uh, and, and, and and get what you need there which is good but online is, is certainly um, I know you had um, Marcus from Carey's on and uh, you know it, it, it certainly opened up the up the world for people that can't that can't get to places When you walk into the tobacconist is there a uh, is there a certain smell that hits you first? Is it uh, well? I guess is there smoking inside the store, or do you just walk in and you're able to pick out the different aromas? No, we don't smoke. There's no smoking in the store, unfortunately. We, yeah, you just you just go in and you pick out, and it tends to be you know, the overwhelming. The first thing is that um, uh, the, the, the sort of cherry essence of the aromatics that you get when you first when you first go in. Um, and that, that's certainly the first thing you pick up on, I guess. Wow. And going back to the cars real quick, because we're all always I mean, fascinated with British motor cars. Uh, what are some of your favorites? I think the, my favorite at the moment is probably the S-Type. Jaguar, um, the V8, and purely because of the, the the incredible noise it makes. I mean, you know, I've I've, I've been lucky enough to spend a, a lot of time around Ferraris, Aston Martins, and and, and and all good things like that. But when you the, the the sort of raw noise of that thing is is almost worth the money just to just to have that noise in your life. Um, yeah, it's in this day and age of politically correct um, small engines, uh, hybrid power. It's it's just basically giving two fingers to that. Really, it just sounds amazing. <laughs> it, it is a it is a great sounding engine. But I suppose you all, you know, it's it's something that um, I I would argue that you know. You folks in the states came up with the sounds. You know, you've got the V8 sound, which is 
you know, something that um, unless you go to very exotic cars over here, we, we, we've never really had in many ways. Um, you know, you've had the, from the 60s onwards, you know, uh, if, if not earlier, you've had that, that sort of burbling soundtrack to, to your motoring lives over there, which is um, something that we, we haven't really had. In some cases, that V8's the size of four or five of your standard size engines for the commuter cars. Absolutely. We will wrap this up with the Fast Five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. What is your favorite pipe? I've got Peterson Bulldog. I think that's my favorite. And what is your favorite tobacco? Oh, that's difficult. It's a bit like Desert Island Dish now, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I'm going to say um, I am a fan of Samuel Gallagher tobaccos and probably 1792 Flake, but not all the time, but really, it's, yeah, I'll go for that. Uh, with the 1792 flake, do you like to let it age a little bit, or do you smoke it fresh out of the tin the minute you get it? No, I I let it out a bit. I let it air a bit, and just um, yeah, just get rid of that moisture. But that's um, yeah, that's 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 a good one for me. And now for a proper Englishman, what is your favorite drink? <sighs> I know you want me to say a pint of beer, and it, it's kind of the right answer, but. Um, I do like a good cup of tea. <laughs> but I'll take a beer. I'll take a beer anytime. The tea's good too. Uh, yeah, the tea. The tea's not bad either. Um, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? A book, definitely. Definitely. Uh, any particular genre? Um, I just enjoy good writing. I, um, I'll take um, a crime book, or I'll take what you might term literature. But I, I just enjoy really good writing. So people like um, Ian McEwan, um, British author, um, people like Tom Wolfe from Stateside. There, uh, just people that are good, good writers. Well, and you guys over there had a very good writer named uh, named Shakespeare too. Oh, we certainly did. Yeah, yeah. we certainly did. <laughs> and last question, probably the hardest. Any particularly favorite pipe smoking memory? I think going back to that very first time that I was smoking, um, pipe with Andrew, um, who was the guy that uh, brought me into this in a way. I think. Um, sticks out in my head as being something that I uh, set me out on this journey really so I'll probably go for that actually If anybody's interested in getting a hold of you what is the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah certainly Um, and what I thought would be would be fun to do obviously with my um, broadcasting hat on if I can offer any help to the Pipes magazine here um I'm quite happy to travel to go out with my little recorder and chat to people on your behalf, Brian, if that would be of interest to anybody. Or go and see anybody, go and see any any 
pipe production, any tobacco production, any shows that are around, get some good recording. Um, more than happy to do that. And people can contact me. Probably the best way is via email. And I'll give you my email address. It's David Peter Halliwell, and that's all one word. D A V I D P E T E R H A L I W E L L at gmail.com. David, thank you very much for taking the time to join us. We appreciate it. Wonderful insight into uh, what it might be like to smoke a pipe and not be able to see what the pipe is. It's my pleasure. We'll be back with the show in just a minute. Craftsmanship, history, tradition. These are the hallmarks of all quality products. From the finest wines bottled in France to the most highly engineered automobiles manufactured in Germany, Denmark has been the one country in the world where craftsmanship, history and tradition have for centuries created the finest pipe tobaccos in the world. Since 1887, the Halberg family have led the pipe tobacco industry through their ownership of Mac Baron Tobacco Company and they continue to create the most sought-after blends in the world today, just as they did over 100 years ago. In keeping with their long history of providing the world with the best tobacco on earth, Mac Barron is proud to announce their newest creation, Modern Virginia, as a loose-cut version and a flake version. Bright and dark, rich Virginia tobaccos have been combined with just a hint of burley for strength in this soft and smooth smoke with delicious fruit undertones. As the world leader in flake tobacco production, Mac Barron is sure that this blend will appeal to the true connoisseurs of traditional Virginia flake tobacco, as well as those who like their tobaccos on the sweeter side. Enjoy the culmination of centuries of experience by picking up a tin of Modern Virginia from Mac Barron Tobacco Company. Available at fine tobacconists everywhere. Don't try to fool us. We know something is getting you down. The world. The job. Your wife. The rotten kids. What you need is a break that is guaranteed to boost your spirits. And the West Coast Pipe Show in Las Vegas provides that break every year. Get off the plane. Look at those garish neon lights on Las Vegas Boulevard and start smiling. Then come to the Palace Station Hotel for a two-day non-stop spirit-lifting immersion in your favorite hobby. Pipes. Nothing but pipes. Smoke on the showroom floor. Gamble. Or gamble with those great friends you see all too infrequently. When you get home only a little bit poorer, and why shouldn't the kids go to the local JC instead of being spoiled by that expensive university? You will be so much happier to see the wife and the kids. Unfortunately, we can't help with the job situation. November 6th and 7th, 2015, Las Vegas, Nevada. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. This is Internet Radio. Welcome back. You know, talking to David reminded me of uh, Fred Hanna saying, you know, try smoking your pipe with your eyes closed. It's a whole other experience. Um, 
I did try it. It is. It's a completely different experience, but I, you know, freshly knew what the pipe looked like, and so it was It was interesting. But do try that. Try smoking with your eyes closed. Uh, reach out to David if you got any questions. Uh, we spent a little bit more time talking uh, classic British motor cars afterwards, and it was a lot of fun. All right, so for music, back to New Orleans and uh, Harry Connick Jr., this one is called The City uh, City Beneath the Sea, and I'm not sure I may have played this once before a couple of years ago, but I like it, and I like Harry Connick Jr., so you're going to have to listen to it. Here he is.
To the city beneath the sea. Harry asks, uh, or Harry talks about the New Orleans tradition of where the guys on the street ask you where you got your shoes at, and the, of course, the answer is on your feet. Uh, but I'm sure I'll run into one of those guys during the entire week of New Orleans and end up giving them a couple of bucks. From the dark side, there is. In the mailbag, a uh, review and a rating on iTunes from Cedar Graphics. He writes, I found this great podcast a few months back and have been enjoying catching up on the episodes. This podcast touches on all aspects of pipe culture and includes great and diverse guests such as industry insiders, pipe makers, pipe collectors, pipe smoking musicians, magicians, tobacco blenders, and more top-notch show keep them coming thank you very much we will uh we'll keep them coming for you as long as you guys keep listening uh speaking of itunes while you're on there if you get a chance please leave us a rating or review if you're new to the show hit subscribe and you'll see that there's 140 plus shows total right now itunes only shows the last 20 to you all right, going back uh, to the episode with Steve Norse on, John Seiler writes, Hi, Brian, and the history of tobacco continues. And hopefully it continues for a long time, John. Uh, John says, Steve Norse, another new name to me in the pipe world. Interesting pipe maker first, pipe smoker second, and pipe making materials supplier last. A man for all seasons. If his website were a catalog, it would be quite thick. Uh, a pipe maker that only makes about 12 pipes a year. I will try to see if I can find one of his pipes. Very interesting interview. Music, Jethro Tull, Thick as a Brick is a song that I had not heard before. Nice. Amazing. Um, anyway. Rant, selfie sticks is a trend. Taking and posting too many selfies tells a lot about the poster. Enough said. Nice show. Uh, Glen Rock Pipeworks said uh thanks for hosting a very informative podcast this evening i just started making pipes nine months ago and i learned something new every time i step into my shop i've been ordering all my supplies from steve and he has been a great resource tonight was the first time that i listened to your show looking forward to digging into the archives welcome aboard uh, Dino says, a wonderfully fascinating show tonight. The conversation with Steve covered so many interesting aspects of pipes and pipe making. Delightful. I remember coming home from the record shop. That's a uh, brick and mortar store that sold record albums, LPs for you younger folks. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, it was a black thing with a, with a little hole in the middle and it had grooves on it and it spun around in circles. Um, 
Dino says, uh, ripping off the shrink wrap, putting the record on the turntable, cranking it up to 11, unfolding the album cover, which became a full 12-page tabloid-sized fake newspaper, the St. Cleve Chronicle, and read the entire paper written by Ian Anderson and his bandmates as a Python-esque spoof of a small village weeklies. L-M-A-O. I think that's modern for that was funny. Uh, as the speakers rattled glassware throughout the house. Man, I love that album, a true classic. I'm also a Kokomo fan. Uh, glad you like that. And really, John, we're in the same generation you've never heard of Thick as a Brick. Where the hell have you been for 43 years? Again, Brian, terrific show. Thanks, Dino. Yeah, um, well, you got to be in a mood for Jethro Tull. Um, Rev Pipe says, great show as a woodworker, but not a pipe maker. I really enjoyed the article, uh, the interview article, the interview with Steve Norse. You did a nice job of lifting the curtain so that we non-pipe makers could gain insight into the making of the pipe we enjoy so much. Thanks. Also enjoyed your interview with John David and his of you and, and glad you mentioned the Umpal podcast new to me and just subscribed. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Uh, Pappy Mac writes, The the Pipes Magazine radio show has outlasted selfie sticks for one simple reason. The radio show has socially redeeming qualities and is educational and entertaining. And all that, uh, I'm going to add this, and all that in spite of the host. Uh, Let's see, anything from last night so far? Um, Let's see, New Broom writes, uh, this program, this is regarding Michael... Uh, Michael Lindner, uh, this program is amazingly informative, interesting, and quite an enjoyable listen. It jumped right into the interview with Mike Lindner, whose credentials in today's American pipe community have been gained by combination of fortuitous and intelligent approach that epitomizes today's dynamic pipe smoking community. Uh, I am Nate says, ah, so that's what Nate King has been up to. I've been emailing back and forth with him concerning your commissioned pipe, but he'd never say what was going on in other than, uh, a move. Very interesting. Yeah, it'll be fun to see what happens with Briar Labs. And we'll save John Seiler for next week's show when I'm back from New Orleans. And in just a minute, rant time. Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years. My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study, and well, me, I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at Smokingpipes.com. They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, campers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about SmokingPipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345. I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you. You kids today, blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition. Cowboy. Cowboy. 
Who here has heard the Staples office supply store's uh, advertisements that say, that was easy? Well, no, it's not easy. It's not easy. Why? Because the last three years for the trade show, I have had to have posters and uh, postcards printed up. And all three years, there's been some sort of an issue with their machinery breaking down or them not being able to complete the order and them not being, them not being smart enough to reach out to me. It's instant, uh, it's next day production, and what do they do instead when they say there's a problem? They email me, which when I'm running around all day, I'm not checking my email all the time, but once again this year, yeah, Staples did it to me again, placed an order for two simple posters and a stack of postcards, gave them 48 hours to do what should have been a four-hour job, and the machine was broken And what do they do to tell me? Instead of reading the note on the order where it says, please call me if you have any issues, they email me. And I don't check email every 20 minutes, but they email me. I call them back and say, please call me and update me. What do they do? They email me again. And once again, I know it's last minute, but three years in a row, all three years, they've left me hanging and they don't make it all that easy when you do that. If you've got a service that is time sensitive, you need to make sure that your machines are up and machines are working and machines are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then if you've got a problem with it, Pick up the phone and call me. Simple as that. Yeah, that would be easy. It's as easy as pushing 10 numbers on a telephone to call me, or you can type a whole big long email that I may not get. All right, I'm done. I quit. Uh, Anyway, new episodes of the Pipes Magazine radio show every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time is when they go up. Past episodes are available online at PipesMagazine.com or iTunes or Stitcher or Podkicker or any of those places. So please feel free to go back through them, re-listen to them. Uh, any questions about uh, what I'm doing? Email me, Brian at PipesMagazine.com. Got any comments? Leave them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page. All that gibberish. Next week I'll tell you what fun I had in New Orleans and hopefully I'll sur- I will survive to do next week's show. So... Thank you to David for his time. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the McBaron Tobacco Company. And until next time. Cares about the clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. You know, ladies and gentlemen, you'll come for the entertainment, but you'll stay for the canned ham giveaway.